0: In the first two seasons, I explained what is trust and what makes you trusted or any person or brand trusted. In the second episode of the first season, I touched on the cost and the benefits of being trusted. In this episode, I will talk a lot more and I will provide a lot more research about what is the cost and what is the impact, sometimes financial impact, of trust or lack thereof. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of The Trust Show. I'm your host, Yoram Solomon, a researcher of trust and the author of The Book of Trust. In this podcast, I will share with you everything I know and discovered about trust. I will challenge you to think differently about trust. But not only will I teach you about trust, I will also give you actionable advice on how to build trust, be trusted, and know who to trust. It's almost like I'm reading The Book of Trust to you but with an attitude and no bullshit. Why is trust important? I looked at my computer and I found that on July 29th of 2017 was the day that I added a chapter. It was an epilogue to the book, my seventh book, Culture Starts With You, Not Your Boss. And the title of that epilogue was Building Trust. That was the first time that I wrote about trust. And that day, I actually wrote the first time the formula, the mathematical model of what trust is, at least to me. At that time, I was kind of in a junction and spending years on innovation and innovation culture, helping companies build innovation, build innovation culture. I was at the point where I had a critical mass of content on trust. And I asked 20 of my closest friends and family members, what do you think I should do? Should I stay with trust? Should I stay with innovation or should I switch to trust? 19 out of 20 said, stay with innovation and innovation culture. I decided to go to trust. I felt the trust was more important. and What I found was the trust is the foundation for everything, including innovation culture and innovation on top of that. In this episode, I will talk about research. I will quote research, most of it is not mine, some of it is mine and based on either my doctoral research or uh, surveys that I've done uh, over those uh, last four years, but some of it is is our other people's, and I will quote that, I will tell you who this is coming from, and if you go to the Book of Trust, you will find the full references. We rely on employees to do their best at work. If you're an employer, if you're a leader, if you're a manager, if you're an HR manager, a project manager, you rely on people to do their job well. Well, in order for them to do their job well, there are several things that must happen. They should not be stressed. They should not be burned out. They should like their job. They should be satisfied with their job. They should not take days off uh, for whether it's sick days or, or any other reason. All of those things are related to trust. And I'm going to show you how. Two months after the COVID-19 pandemic started, the Society of Human Resource Management, SHRM, reported that 41% of employees felt burned out at work. Well, that's because of the pandemic, you're thinking. Actually, the reality is that, for the most part, it is due to a toxic workplace, workplace culture, and it started long before the pandemic. In a 2019 report, SHRM reported the following findings. Only 38% of American workers are very satisfied with their current jobs. Now, some of the others may be satisfied, but they're not very satisfied. Only 38% are very satisfied. 49% have thought about leaving their current employer, their current organization. One in five had left their job due to workplace culture. So one in five who left their job said it was because of workplace culture. 58% of those who left claimed that their manager was the main reason why they left. 36% said that their manager doesn't know how to lead a team. One in four employees dread going to work, doesn't feel safe voicing their opinions about work-related issues, don't feel comfortable engaging in disagreement, which is something that I found, and don't feel respected and valued at work. Do you know that feeling when you wake up in the morning and you don't feel like going to work? Do you know the feeling when you can't, you hope that Sunday would last a little longer so you don't have to go to work tomorrow? You're not alone. Four in 10, 40% said that their managers failed to frequently engage in honest conversations about work topics. Now, the bottom line of this report is very alarming. It's also sobering, 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 yes. SHRM claimed that the cost of the turnover due to workplace culture, those 58% I talked about before, those who left and said that we're living because of the toxic workplace culture, created a cost of more than $223 billion over the last five years before the publication of that report in 2019. $223 billion lost because of workplace culture. The Project Management Institute, uh, PMI, reported in, uh, they have a a publication called the Pulse of the Profession. And in 2020, they reported that 23% of the projects don't meet their goals or or the intent. 33% did not meet budget. 37% did not finish on time, 30% had scope creep, and 11% were considered outright failures. Now, if you think that's bad, that's for companies, for organizations that are considered mature in their capabilities, because they reported for companies that are considered immature, not as mature, those numbers were 44%, 54%, 61%, 47%, and 21%. And again, 21% of the projects were outright failures in companies that are not as mature as the first ones. There are a few studies that were done to investigate the link between the level of trust in the project team and the overall project performance. I reviewed studies that uh, showed very positive statistically significant correlation between trust and project success. Uh, The highest I saw was 67% or 0.67. So if you go from low trust to high trust, the performance of a project goes up 67%. But I wanted to to describe one of them. Uh, This one was done in 2014 by Ofer Zwickael and uh, John Smirk. Uh, they studied 102 different projects in different types of industries and, and types of projects. Those were software projects, services projects, engineering projects, government, project uh, production organizations. They were looking for the link between trust, control, risk and project success. So this is what they found. the correlation between control and project success and between trust and project success, changed between high risk and low risk projects. Now in low risk projects, uh, the level of control that you had over the project was significantly more impactful on the project performance. But let me ask you a question. Do you know projects? Do you get involved with high stakes projects that are not high risk projects? So let's talk about high risk projects because what they found was that in high risk project, The level of trust had a 45% impact, positive impact, on the project performance, on being on time, on budget, on specifications. 45%. uh, The level of control only had 12% impact. So the level of trust was four times more impactful on project performance than the level of control that you had this is pretty significant. If your company, you know, I know that typically, we look at the differences and this, uh, this research did as well, look at the differences between low level of trust and high level of trust. But what if you're average? What would it mean if you go up from average to a higher level of trust. And by the way, in this project, the higher level of trust was one plus one standard deviation. So it's not the highest level of trust that they found. It's like the level of trust within which 68%, actually 68.2% of all companies exist. Okay, so we go to the top of those, you know, 34% above average of the companies. Here's what they found. The level the impact if you went from average, to You know, the top of the 34% companies that are above uh, average. So that line, before you get to the real, real top ones, 22.5%. Your level of performance is going to improve 22.5%. Is that important? All of those things that I described go directly to your bottom line. They affect your profitability, they affect your revenue, the innovation level in your company. I found a 64% correlation to the level of innovation, uh, to to market share, to profit sharing, to to the profit, to the shareholder returns. And and I'll touch on that because I found a research that that correlated the level of trust to, to shareholder returns. But think about how important is what your employees feel and i know that one of the uh well in my opinion one of the best airlines southwest airlines they had their mission statement but there was a statement in their website from the ceo gary kelly that that i want to read to you here is what he said our people are our greatest asset and they deserve all the credit for our continuous success so Look at the focus. The focus was uh, for Southwest Airlines was not the, the customers, was, was not the travelers, it was the employees. And, and you know why? Because when you tell your, your employees that the customers are more important than you, what are you really telling them? Are, are, what kind of service are they going to deliver when they know that the customer is more important to you than they are? But what happens when you tell the employee that you are the most important person in our company. How do you think they're going to treat the the customers? So just so that you know, that statement was made by by the CEO right as they reported their 2018 financial reports, where they said that they had just shared $544 million with the employees as part of their profit sharing plan. And, and, you know, not surprisingly, because uh, they had just announced... Revenue, annual revenue for 2018 of $22 billion and a profit, a net profit of $2.5 billion. So 20% of that they shared with employees because their employees are the most important people in their company, in their eyes, in, in executives' eyes, at least the CEO's eyes. It's simple. A happy, engaged, energized employee, they make happy customers. They make customers that come back. Those employees are more creative. They cost less in turnover. They cost less in absenteeism. The same year that I published Culture Starts With You, Not Your Boss, Paul Zak published his book uh, called The Trust Factor" in 2017. And he reported in part of that book, he reported a study that he has done in 2016. He has a tool that he called the O factor and the O factor goes for oxytocin. Uh, He strongly believes and I will talk about that uh, later. I actually did talk about that a little uh, when I talked about intimacy in the uh, uh, second season. But uh, to him oxytocin, he also used all the letters to represent components that make that that build trust, but but I want to stick to to his surveys to what he found using this O factor uh, study uh, that he did. He he interviewed. This was done in 2016. He interviewed 1,095. Actually, it was an interview. It was a survey of 1,095 employees here in the U.S. 869 of them. We're in for-profit, and I'm going to focus on the results that he got for for-profit employees. Now, what he did is uh, to, to compare the impact or to assess the impact of low trust to high or, or high trust uh, on, on the different components that, that I'll share with you, uh, what he did was he split all of those companies or the results in, in terms of level of trust into four quartiles. So we're not talking plus minus uh, one standard deviation as in the previous uh, report, the, the project management report. This time, uh, it was the top 25% of the companies, middle uh, top, middle or bottom middle, and then the absolute bottom uh, 25%. What he did was he compared these factors between the bottom quartile and the top quartile. So let's call it the middle, the middle 50%. Okay, so out of the 100%, which in this case was 869 employees or cases, out of the 100%, the 50% in the middle, he compared the top to the bottom in all of these factors. I'm going to take his numbers and I'm going to manipulate them a little and I'm not going to tell you what happens between the top and the bottom. The reason is, I want you to know what, what it would take or what would the impact be of going from the middle to the top. And, and, and I'm just talking about the, the top of the middle 50%. Okay, so so it's kind of halfway to the absolute top. What would the impact of having that level of increase of trust? Only one quarter. Okay, I, I will also tell you, I, I did the math of what will you lose if you went from the middle to the bottom quarter? So just one quarter down, the bottom of the, the middle 50%. Well, the first thing that he compared was productivity. So he said, you know, it's plus 50% productivity from the lower quarter quartile to the top quartile. But I'm, I'm going to give you from the middle. If you're in the middle and you can go one quarter, one quarter quartile up 25% up 25% improvement in productivity. One quartile down 20% loss in productivity. 20% loss in productivity. What does 20% loss in productivity mean to your company? Okay. Uh, How about energy? One quartile up, 25% up uh, in in the level of trust uh, that was reported. 53% higher energy. Employees are 53% more energized. Go one quartile down, you lose 35%. I know I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you and, you know, you may be driving right now and and listening to me, but I want you to get a sense of of how impactful these numbers are. We're not talking 1-2% in in any of those. Plus, you can always listen to the uh, podcast uh, again and, and take notes. Plus, it's all in the book of trust. Okay, One quartile quartile up, 38% employees are more engaged. One down, minus 28%. What is the likelihood that your employees are going to stay with your company one more year? 25% with higher trust. From middle, 25% up, you get 25% increase in their willingness to stay another year. Or you lose 20% if you lower the level of trust. 88 percent. Well, that's his number. We want to see from the middle. Uh, how likely are those employees to recommend your company to their friends and family, people they really care about, not to anyone? I mean, we're open to offer it to anyone, but how about people we really care about? 40 percent, 44 percent more if you're above the middle. 31 uh, percent less if you're below. How satisfied are you with your job? From middle to top, to, to top, 25%, not to all the way. More satisfied with your job, 28% more. 22% less if you go from the middle down. Enjoying your work, having more joy at work. 30% if you go up, 23% down if you go down more aligned with the company's purpose. How important is it for you that your employees are aligned with the purpose of your company, with your vision, with your mission, provided that they're uh, described pretty uh, clearly? 35% more if you have a higher level of trust or 26% less if you have a lower level of trust. How close do they get to their peers, to their colleagues? 33% more. If you have a higher level of trust, 25% less if you have lower than middle level of trust, more empathy towards their peers or anybody else, 6% higher. This, this, by the way, is the lowest number 6% more empathy. If you have a higher level of trust, oddly enough, by the way, the level of trust depends on how much empathy you show, which I talked about in the second season. Minus 5% if you have a lower level of trust. This only shows you the reciprocal value of different components and trust. So more empathy, more trust, more trust, more empathy. People tend to depersonalize their peers, start thinking about their peers as things, as non-human, and, and you know, kind of having them in the out-group, in, in how they talk about them. They're going to do that 21% more if you have a lower level of trust. They're going to do it 17% less. Dehumanize their peers if you have a higher level of trust. Level of burnout. You're going to have 20% higher level of burnout if you have a lower level of trust. And you're going to have 17% lower burnout if you have a higher level of trust. And finally, sense of accomplishment. Your employees, partly the reason they're with your company is because they feel a sense of accomplishment. That sense of accomplishment goes up 21% if they feel uh, a higher level of trust, and it goes down below the middle, 17%, if they feel a lower level of trust. They have a lower level of accomplishment. Now, I know we talked about that. I talked about that from the perspective of the employer, of the manager, the leader, the HR manager. But uh, let's look at it from the employee's perspective, because there is an interesting uh, aspect to it. Guess what? You have a higher level of trust. You have all of those great things, lower level of stress, higher engagement, higher energy, lower absenteeism, uh, higher productivity, higher creativity, and all of that. What do you think it does? To the bottom line. It, it has, I said that before, it has a very significant positive impact on the bottom line. And if it has an impact on the bottom line, these types of companies will roll over those benefits to the employees. You already heard that Southwest Airlines took 20% 544 million out of $2.5 billion net profit and rolled it over to the employees as a share uh, as a profit sharing program. Well, in average, this is what Paul Zak found: companies that have a higher level of trust. And again, I'm right now. I'm taking his numbers, manipulating them, and I'm going from the middle, not from low trust to high trust, from middle to high trust, and high trust only, you know, halfway to the top. 8.5% higher salaries, higher compensation, and this reflected to him as $3,225. Oh, by the way, if compared to the middle, you are one quarter down, minus $2,959 compensation to employees. So this is from the perspective of an employee. By the way, uh, all of those numbers that I gave you are the numbers that he found for for for-profits. Those are the 869 people out of 1,095. But he had very positive numbers for nonprofits as well. I'm just not going to quote all of those uh, here. I already said that. These are reciprocal. Each one of those is reciprocal. Uh, If you have a higher level of trust, you have a higher level of engagement. If you have a higher level of engagement, you're going to have a higher level of trust. If you're more engaged, I'm going to trust you more because I can feel that you're more engaged. If you're more satisfied with your job, you're going to do certain things that will make other people trust you more. And oh, by the way, you're going to trust other people more. There is a reciprocal relationship between trust and every one of those components. It's not just the trust impacts those components, as Paul Zak found, it's those components impact trust. Same direction. There was a study that was done in 2002 by a company called Watson Wyatt. And uh, you may not know the name. Uh, In 2016, Watson Wyatt merged into Willis Tower Watson or became Willis Tower uh, Tower Watson. And, and if the name sounds familiar, the Willis Tower, yes, that's what used to be the Sears Tower uh, in Chicago. So it's a consulting company. And back then, uh, it was a uh, somewhat smaller company. I think they had about 7,000 employees, 106 uh, locations. And they surveyed 12,750 employees. And what they showed was that the total of shareholder returns... Okay, shareholder returns that was measured by a combination of the stock price. I mean, you buy stock and the stock goes up in, in price. That's shareholder return, as well as dividends. Some companies give you dividends. They go, you know what? We made a profit. And just like they may share the profit with employees, they will share the profit with shareholders. So in a combination of stock price and shareholders, companies that have a higher level of trust generated, pay attention, pay attention. higher shareholder returns that's almost four times compared to the average four times another study was done by the Russell investment group in 2005 and what they did was uh, fortune magazine has uh, this uh, hundred best companies to work for and it's a combination of factors uh, and metrics uh, where Trust is about 60% of the criteria, uh, is considered the primary defining characteristic of having a place to work in. Here's what they found. A company that was in the top 100 best companies to work for, had four times, or, or they actually said more than four times returns than the broader market, where You know, and this is over the the previous seven years. So four times more compared to the average. Up until now, I talked about why trust is important for leaders and executives and CEOs and managers and project managers, HR managers, why it's important that you have trust, the impact that it has on the employees and in return, the impact that it has on the company. But why is it important to you? Why is being trusted important to you? Well, now we're getting into a survey that I did in 2018, I believe, where I asked the simple question, uh, what is the most important quality for you in other people? And I asked that about six types of people. I asked it about your boss, your employee, somebody reporting to you, your colleague or your peer, um, a salesperson trying to sell you something, your government representative or your spouse. So when I asked it the first time, what I found was that, uh, you know, I I got all kinds of answers. It was kind of open-ended. And I started categorizing those questions, those answers, and they really came down to the top five. So I had the top five. Number one was your trustworthiness. The number one thing that people said about you was the most important quality that you have is trustworthiness. I didn't ask them for what purpose, I just asked what is the most important quality and combined it was trustworthiness 61.2% of the time, more than the next four combined and the next four were your willingness to work hard, your willingness to take risk, your intelligence, and believe it or not, made it to the top five, your good looks. So only 0.85% or three out of 363 people who participated in my study said that good looks was the number one quality. But the number one overwhelming majority said 61.2% there was trustworthiness. So another thing is I asked, what about being trusted? How important is it to you to be trusted? Put aside this survey. George McDonald said that to be trusted is a greater compliment than being loved. So I asked, I did another survey and I asked this question Do you want to be more trusted at work? So now I separated, I took out salesperson, I took out the government representative, spouse, just at work. Is it important to you to be trusted at work? 85% of the respondents to that survey said yes, 46% said, I want to be trusted a lot more than I am now. So then then I asked, by whom? Who do you want to be trusted by? More by. 73% said by my boss. That was number one. Number one was by my boss. I want to be trusted more by my boss. 43% by my colleagues. 22% by my team. So then I asked an open-ended question and and kind of categorized the the answers again. Why? Why? Why do you want to be more trusted at work? 27.5% so I can do more. If, if you trust me more, I can do more at work and I want to do more. You know, not, not what you might expect. 15% so that I'm not micromanaged. <laughs> well, number one, by whom was by, by my supervisor, 73%. 15% so I earn more respect and reputation. If you trust me, that affects my reputation so that I get promoted, so I get more responsibility, so that I feel safe. 10% said, why do I want to be more trusted? So that I feel safe, more s- safer. Better relationships. Commitment, so so that I'll have more commitment. You may be familiar with the uh, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, and uh, that came out of a... a an article that he wrote in 1943, uh, Maslow did, uh, called The Theory of Human Motivation. It's it's the six layer pyramid uh, that has the most basic needs in the bottom layer. And and as you go up and up and higher higher uh, in that pyramid, you go to uh, needs that you have that you only care about them once the needs below them are satisfied. So at the lowest level, you would have the um, Uh, physiological needs. I mean, you need air, you need food, you need water, then above that uh, are other things. And so I would argue that trust, because it impacts your livelihood, because it impacts your feeling of safety, is actually a more fundamental need that you have, not a direct one, because you don't necessarily say I want to be trusted. That's that's, uh, one of those six layers what you say is, that I want to feel safe. And if being trusted means that you feel safe, having people you can trust means that you feel safe, then that's a more fundamental, a lower level, lower being more important uh, quality than any of the others at the higher, like self-esteem. You don't get to self-esteem before you first make sure that you are trusted and that you have people that you can trust. I'm also going to uh, quote uh, actually a competitor of mine uh, David Horsager the founder of the Trust Edge uh, leadership group and uh, but you know other than being a competitor he's also a friend and he gave me permission to quote this it's also quoted in the book of trust he did a survey in 2017 uh, his trust outlook and uh, the 17th question in 2017 question 17 was this which would you rather have a million dollars and a reputation that you cannot be trusted, or a reputation that you that people can't count on, you can trust you, but you don't get the million dollars. I was surprised because what he found was seventy-five percent on average. Seventy-five percent of the respondents said number one was trusted reputation, so it was more important than having a million dollars. And and I don't think that. Um, Everybody on his survey had tens of millions of dollars, so another million dollar didn't matter. Million dollar mattered, my guess is, to all of the participants. Yet, they felt that being trusted is a more strategic need, more important need than having that million dollars. By the way, the lowest he found was in men. So for men, it was 68%. Not that 68% is low, but only 68% of men compared to 75% on average. 68% of men said that... uh, being trusted is more important than a million dollars. Hey, what can I tell you? We are more material. We want a million dollars. The highest was for women with 82%, so 7% above average. Uh, For women, it was more important, uh, even more than it was for men. Oddly enough, Republicans and Democrats, which he compared as well, similar. Independents were higher, by the way. Hopefully in this episode, I conveyed to you through research that other people have done and research that I've done myself, surveys to, to deeper research, how important is to have trust. How important it is for you to be able to trust other people, for other people to trust you. And as you know, the book of trust and, and everything I do uh, in trust, my my starting point is that being trustworthy is the foundation for building trust. And, and it's not the other way around. It, you, you need to focus on what would make you more trusted. What do you have to do? What can you do to be more trusted before you can start thinking about what other people uh, need to do? So I gave you all those numbers. What do you think is the impact if we manage to raise the level of trust in your organization by 10%? Take all the numbers I gave you. Many of those numbers, I gave you the impact on raising it by 34.1%. That's my uh, plus one standard deviation. In some, in Paul Zach's numbers, I gave you the impact for having... Plus 25%. So instead of being in the middle, being in, you know, halfway to the top, halfway between the middle to the top. You saw those numbers. So if that's 25%, what would it mean if we only went 10%? Only 1%. Think about the impact. Think about the financial impact. I also gave you, at least with Paul Zach's numbers, what would it be? What would the impact be if you went from being in the middle? halfway to the bottom, only halfway to the bottom. It was devastating results. I mean, you're going to have more absenteeism and and everything else. So the impact that trust has on your business, on your life, on your personal and professional life is tremendous. You know, when I started this episode, I told you that 19 out of 20 of my closest friends said stick with uh, stick with innovation, innovation culture, only one said go to trust. And it's not that I took the, the the opinion of that one person and because of that one person, I decided I made the decision for myself and I'll talk more about uh, giving feedback and taking feedback and in, in a later episode. But this is why I thought that it was so important for me to focus on trust because of the impact the trust has, because trust is the foundation. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know, and I'll make sure to answer it or find the answer to it in a future episode. I'd love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. That's Y-O-R-A-M at thetrustshow.com. If you like this podcast episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get new episodes. Rate it. Write a review for this podcast because those ratings would help others who are looking for a podcast just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my online course at trustedatwork.com. Find my books on Amazon or go to my website, yoramsolomon.com. And remember one thing, the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening.